0: Welcome to Crispy Coated Robots Listens 2, an in-depth exploration into music as pinnacle recordings of the past. For this episode, Jim and George will discuss the 1983 police album Synchronous City. Hey, it's Jim.
1: (laughs) It's George. And we're back for another great album review. Gonna break it down track by track, Jim. Mm -hmm. This we we do do every week. And this one here, uh, I remember going to the store, rushing the store, I think the first day. We Uh, don't care.
2: Oh, wait. Oh, sorry.
1: To buy the, the police's Synchronicity. Synchronicity 1983 I was such a fan of Ghost in the Machine when this came out and then we they actually released Every Breath You Take early uh you know to get your appetite ready so mm-hmm. to have this come to the stores and the great cover too the red blue and yellow cover with a, each band member in different types of crazy uh black and white uh, pictures uh it seems like uh, I, I don't know if the colors represented each member but uh uh,
2: very, uh, yeah, just, sim- kind of swash of, of color over, over the black, black and, white and white photo. photo. Yeah. So, six uh, different covers. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. So, they, they had all these black and white photos and then 36 different versions of the covers.
1: And this uh, album, uh, is sadly, it's the kind of, it's the last police album, which I didn't think at the time would be the case, uh, of original music altogether.
2: This was such a huge, huge album for them. Uh huh. But, um, and I don't know if we want to talk about it now, but the infighting and what what had happened creatively within the group and and just goals that that sting the lead singer uh bass player uh had this is going to be their their final album uh which you're right at the time, there was no end in sight they were on top of the world and uh but I don't mind that they went out with uh, such a solid album instead of just kind of deteriorating and and not having things they all went on to do other creative stuff that we'll get to talk about in a little bit but
1: and i saw the stewart copeland who's the drummer i saw his documentary made of uh home films and it it seemed like you know at the beginning there,
2: is it, that everyone stares yeah yeah yeah, the, yeah. i have that yeah
1: uh, and you see kind of the beginning uh albums where they all worked together to kind of really form the songs and it really became a kind of a i don't want to say a one-man show because andy summers and uh uh stewart added a lot but it became really kind of under the direction of sting
2: well because what would happen is they would bring cassettes actually i had this album i got it on cassette so i had the additional song that we'll talk about. Oh yeah, about. I'm, 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 that's another thing. I, did,
1: I was going to talk to you about before we started the show. Are we including that album? I, well, that's oh, that the song, album yeah. I know. Yeah. Is yeah,
2: the the one that has the the because uh, you bought it on cassette, like but I bought it on an album. Yeah. So we'll have a fight. So I'll just talk about. I'll just talk about that song. and You won't get to add any comment. <laughs> okay. uh, but the uh, whenever they would bring material to work on, they would bring like these demos very high polished demos and it got to be where sting was the only one they they were really working and this even started back the album before uh ghost in the machine where every little thing she does is magic you're hearing the demo version of that just with the other parts on it yeah uh so Not necessarily a bad way to work, but it kind of edged out the other two creative members because now they were just kind of musicians on Sting's side musicians. Yeah. And since he had the power of the hits on his side, because his songs that he would bring to the table would become hits, he ended up with more leverage. And uh, that really wasn't good for the other two uh, to kind of start off and have having more input and then kind of being sidelined to the ringo star or george harrison role in the beatles where you get your one or two songs which we'll hear today yeah yeah and
1: uh the album starts off with a bang i mean when i first put it on and heard synchronicity one i guess you would call it
2: <laughs> well that's what they called it yeah
1: yeah for the first time you know i you know i i consider that synchronicity and synchronicity two even though it was called synchronicity one you know like a sequel to a movie like rocky's not called rocky one even though it was rocky one but but they uh, actually called this i know i know but i referred to it that way i didn't say it was on the album that way jeez <laughs> but it really starts with a bang with uh kind of new sounds for them too that yeah you, you know
2: up, up until this point uh they were really a guitar band okay and uh but they you're going to hear that they're going to use a lot more production heavy textures and a lot of synthesizers and um uh, even with this song coming up if we ever get to it today uh you know xylophone stuff yeah yeah uh, very interesting choices
1: and really a fast beat great way to kick off the album so let's jump in we'll talk about it uh uh, on the other side here synchronicity one from the police's synchronicity as the crispy coated robots listen to synchronicity The
0: staff of Crispy Coated Robots and Circus Joe Productions deeply and sincerely regret that hosts Jim and George are too cheap and financially insolvent to fork over the necessary funds for the music licensing for this episode. Should you decide, as we have, that their lack of commitment to this cause has put a proverbial burr under your saddle, and you want to hear the tunes discussed, please visit the hyperlinks provided in the episode notes. We apologize for this neglect and wanton travesty of a presentation. But seriously, what did you expect? Now on with the show. There we go, there we go. And, without a Some loss.
1: Synchronicity. I remember like read, mundi. Read, reading the lyrics as you go along as a young kid. You're like, okay, Spirit's just moondy and all this kind of stuff. It's like, <laughs>
2: get a dictionary. <laughs> yeah.
1: And uh, so explain to me the concept of synchronicity and how, why does it actually affect this album? Well, the before together.
2: that, I, I have to mention, because I think this is an oddity, this was a single. But only in japan this song right here. this song but this was never the first single every breath you take was released worldwide right right but this became a single but only in japan which i'm like what does that say about the british and the american <laughs> we weren't listeners? smart enough to grasp it i i don't know i i but i've always been intrigued by that but uh do, are we really going to talk about synchronicity well, before that let me just say I, I i did see this tour i don't know if you did
1: uh, but I saw this tour as a, uh, you know, that UB 40 opened up for them, Oh, yeah. Which, you know, I heard they had a hit at the time called Red, Red Wine, but yeah. I, did, I haven't heard, I didn't hear it yet, so I didn't know who they were. Uh, but they opened up with this song, just like they opened up the album. Yeah. And the excitement yeah. they captured with the song live was just as good as uh, they yeah, it's had. It's a good song. A, yeah. So uh, go ahead now, George with the, uh, Professor George
2: now with the Synchronous I don't like D- that title. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, it's kind of a weird concept, but uh, it, it, a Swiss psychologist Carl Jung, okay, uh, he, friends with Sigmund Freud. If you're looking it up, it's J U N G, right? Not Young, not right? Uh, but Sigmund Freud, they were contemporaries. Okay, they they would write each other. Okay, uh, and in nineteen in the 1950s, I don't know the exact year, but he published a paper where he said that there are these meaningful coincidences that appear that seem to have no uh, relation, but they do. Okay. And he gives an example in his book, Synchronicity, where he was with a a young woman uh, patient. Okay. And she was talking about this dream that she had. And in the dream there was a golden beetle. Okay. And then all of a sudden while they're still talking, there's a beetle that butts up against the window of the room they're in okay and uh so that's just a real odd occurrence but he says no there's something connected to that something more relatable would be like jim have you ever had a like an old song that you haven't heard in your your head for a long time and you're just singing it yeah singing it you turn on the radio and it's on and it's on. Yeah. You haven't heard it in five years or, or something, and there it is. So that would be regarded as synchronicity, maybe. Uh, so nowadays, uh, a lot of this has been dismissed as pseudoscientific because, you know, understanding probability theory and human psychology, it's kind of like if you're driving uh, your car and you notice the traffic light is is flashing, and it's like, oh, it's 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 going to the beat of the music it's not but our brains look for patterns and in so doing uh it's there's a a phenomenon uh apophenia, i think where like if you look at wood grain and you see a face in it yeah there's not a face in that wood grain but our brains are drawn to create patterns to try to understand the world so, to make a face so anyway a lot of synchronicity um the theories and and things of it have been largely dismissed as just like I said pseudoscience. But uh, not to sting. Matter Actually. of fact, on the cover, yeah, the book he's reading is, is the, synchronicity, y- the young yeah. book. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're up to the second song
1: and Thank just a footnote. Goodness. A uh, footnote: When I when I saw them live, they actually played this as their second song live. They,
2: I I saw them on their reunion tour, uh-huh. uh, and yeah, this is a song that they they did very well uh, in two thousand seven. And I always didn't really like the song when I when I heard it back in the day. I always skipped over it. I agree, uh, but played live it
1: works yeah. remarkably now well. i like it though now yeah. i don't like it because it's you know you have this song basically because it's, it's called walking in your footsteps and sing is singing talking About dinosaurs he's talking to a dinosaur hey mr dinosaur is it is is are we were following the dinosaur into his extinction
2: or what's well that's what he's implying but i don't understand i don't think the dinosaurs could have done anything to prevent their extinction. Do you so, think
1: that they actually kind of listened to Sting when he was talking to
2: him? Like he says, "Hey there, Mister Dinosaur." And, oh, hey Sting! <laughs> you know, I just want to picture Sting uh, in a Tarzan outfit, <laughs> yeah. riding the neck of a brontosaurus, <laughs> whispering in his ear. So kind of like what junk, I'm Jungle be. Book
1: style, you know? Kind of
2: look, level. look at what I've sketched here. <laughs> oh man, okay. I'm I'm going to work on this while do that. Okay, while so, we listen to this song. It's a good song, though. Yes, walking in your footsteps.
0: Please pause the device player now to review the audio file link in the show notes. If you're into that kind of thing, we now return to Jim and George. There it is. Fifty
1: million years ago, <laughs> A little song about dinosaurs uh, that Sting put on the Synchronicity album. As we listen to Synchronicity Huge today,
2: dinosaur demographic. Yes, I went over very big. This is before This is
1: pre Jurassic Park. It bo- is book it and is. movie too. Yeah, so.
2: I honestly, that's probably where that came from. Is that song? <laughs> Next Michael is- Crichton. It's like <laughs> you know. You know what? Maybe dinosaurs, if they came back, what would they say? What if a mosquito was an amber, but it had some dinosaur blood?
1: (laughs) All right. So we're up to uh, Oh My God, which is a a song that uh, I really – Kind of skipped over too,
2: and didn't listen to it as much back in the did day. You, but you, this is like the third song. But no, no. But We're,
1: this song for me now, this
2: is like one of my. This is probably my favorite song on the album. It sounds a lot like it could be right on Ghost in the Machine or Zenyatta Mandata
1: or even Dream of the Blue Turtles, which was his solo effort. Yeah. It's, got Sting, ja- yeah, it's got a lot of jazz elements to it, especially the end when it breaks into this kind of weird blue, jazzy kind of notes, horns and stuff. You
2: yeah, know? Sting is playing the sax on this. Oh yeah, he, he played sax on uh, Hungry for You and Demolition Man on the yeah. Other but he's yeah. a he's a sax player
1: i did not know that because yeah. i really like the sax uh solo on this one yep so uh and it's he's kind of what he's kind of questioning god with this song oh it's very blasphemous
2: <laughs> and the fact that this is airing on a sunday i don't know <laughs> all right you know. oh my god from the police
0: please pause the device player now to review the audio file link in the show notes welcome back here's jim and george once again
1: oh my god we just played oh my god by the police from uh synchronicity yep uh and this is the crispy coated robots we're listening to the police album today the big hit from 1983
2: i believe 1983 when yeah. the album came out
1: yep a lot of great stuff come out that year. think about everything that was on the charts at this time you know you still had thriller on the charts you still right. uh just a, an amazing time for music the 80s was in the early 80s you know there was some uh, dumb stuff. There's a lot of dumb stuff yeah. too. But, but I'm just saying, it's funny we don't remember the dumb stuff. We, but we them. had all these albums with multiple hits. I yeah, mean, this one had multiple hits. That's true. Yeah.
2: So uh, this next this, one, this one was not a hit. This next song, this next song four, was the. I definitely skipped over this one. I wish we could skip over it for you folks today. So, <laughs> and I, I have a theory about this though. And this uh, is a Mother, by is this Andy Summers song? A- right? Andy Summers wrote this, the guitarist. And and, and but my theory is, and I it is totally a theory i haven't researched this or anything but if you know robert fripp of king crimson andy summers yeah. had been working with him they actually uh have a an album uh i advanced mask that uh very experimental avant-garde i think that some of that experimentation ends up on on this track i can't help but think of those sessions with Fripp that influence this. But to me, this sounds like a drunken and angry David Byrne of, of the Talking Heads.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like you're influenced by that. You have this almost like punk sensibility of some songs of the time, like a band called Suicidal Tendencies that just saw, talked about, you know, to have songs that would just have someone talking and screaming and yelling. Yep. It was just, this is kind of it. And this is uh, main lyric, uh, my mother's on the phone or whatever, but uh, whoop. Play it for you now. It's about three minutes, so please stay with us as we
0: listen to Andy Summers' contribution to synchronicity mother. It's time once again to pause in order to check out the music. Here's Jim and George once again. There you go.
1: Yep. That's Mother. It that was. The great thing about that song is it goes into a great song called Miss oh, Rodinko. <laughs> hey,
2: hang on. Yeah, yeah. Here.
1: My mother's on the phone. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell her <laughs> tell her to hold on. Uh but sorry, Miss Kavanaugh. I did like the one thing I did like about the Mother's song is when it ended with the big yeah crash. i like i like the ending You're well i right. like the big oh. crash going into miss Grdinko because it comes in with that classic Stuart copeland uh police beginning you know that whole that whole thing and i really like the song a lot and it's so short it's got to be what two minutes long gradinco yeah
2: yeah uh i think it's right at two minutes and i i like the track because you can see where copeland is headed musically yeah um you know, he goes on – do you remember the show The Equalizer? Yeah. So he did music for that for about four years in, in 85 and did some really interesting uh, stuff on Francis Ford Coppola's uh, Rumble Fish. Oh, yeah, uh, with, the, with the guy
1: from uh, uh, Mexican radio, All of Voodoo. Yeah. And the harmonica yeah. stuff. I really like
2: that, yeah. But uh, so Miss Gradenko, let's do it. Yeah. It's a good
0: song. Please press pause now. Welcome back. Here's more from Jim and George. There it
2: is. Nobody but us in here, just like in the studio. Nobody. <laughs> I don't know where everybody went. I don't know either. But we're listening. I think to, they heard Mother over the speakers. Yes, <laughs> cleared
1: out. We're listening to Synchronicity today by the Police, and we're up to the sequel song, Synchronicity Two.
2: <laughs> Which, I I, called, <laughs> I just call the Synchronicity.
1: Synchronicity, synchronicity two, electric boogaloo. I, I just call it synchronicity. All right, I, call I know the it's first called. One, synch- no, the, no, this is actual two. This is actually two behind it. Oh
2: yeah, but the other one was one. And you, do just you call that. Star Wars Star Wars one? I do. Well, actually, okay, four. that's a bad example. <laughs>
1: yeah, I bad, hate that. I hate that. Do you thing. call Star Trek the original Star Trek movie Star Trek one?
2: No, no. Okay, do you call so Star Trek this two was Red the, the third single
1: in the this U.S. This is the second synchronicity. Second synchronicity, third single. Third if single. If you're keeping score at home in the U.S., yeah,
2: they released the singles like I said before. Different. The the British release and order was different than, uh, which again I find fascinating. Like, okay,
1: what what, what do we think will work over here? Exactly. What, yeah, that whole yeah kind uh, of mark. Eventually, approach.
2: I think they all make it, uh, except for the uh, Japan Japanese one. But and uh, this
1: uh, this video too, uh, very strange kind of godly uh, and cream. Yeah, it's almost like a, a mad, uh, a
2: fancier Mad Max version, kind of as silly as it is. It's kind of cool because they stand on these tall, tall platforms, three separate things made of their respective instruments. So, okay, like all the rubble that uh, Stuart Copeland, the drummer, is on. It's made from drum bits and okay percussion. I did not notice that, uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely made to look uh, very apocalyptic for some reason. But uh, they, they also do another video from this album. Uh, they do Every Breath You Take. Okay. well, we'll Completely calm, different. Calm
1: down. We'll get
2: there. We will get there. In, in, you in the started season. the video
1: thing. I'm just saying the video, video thing. Video hey, on radio. George, George, let's not make this an embarrassing kick, kick in the crotch, all right? Let's just move on to,
2: well, uh, uh, are, you, are you saying you're my so-called superior?
1: No, I'm just saying. <laughs> That's this, the lyric. Okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the lyric in synchronicity, too, which we listen to right now.
0: You know the drill by now. Pause here. Listen to the track and come back. Welcome back. Here's Jim and George once again.
1: Actually, a uh, correction. It's a humiliating kick in the crotch. Oh, okay. So, from your so-called superior. <laughs> so, are you ready? Yes. <laughs> For the humiliating kick in the crotch. <laughs> okay, no, we won't do that. I promise. Uh, that's the end I'm of side wearing my cup. <laughs> That's the end of side 1 uh, of Synchronicity and side 2 starts out with a, a, a tremendous hit, probably the biggest hit of their career. Their first single in the US every breath you take well not the first single in the u.s the first single off this album first single off this album in i just want the to be you people i don't want to be calling up and saying what about roxanne you know we're talking about this album today talking about this album i know i'm just i just want to be clear okay whatever okay so uh it's the first single off this album now yes. we can talk about yes. now we can talk about the video done in black and white by godly and cream i'm done with that so uh, which is a great video
2: this this though won the song won two grammys uh, for song of the year and best pop performance by a, a duo or whatever. I, and I wonder, if I'm about to ruin somebody's day if well, I talk about this. I know, you, I this. know you're going to say the song is not what people think it is. It is not. Yeah. You, you ruin everybody's day. Go ahead. Well, no, I'm not
1: going to do it because I know that everybody thinks it's a beautiful love song, which it's not. It's a stalker song. It's a,
2: Sting himself said it's really rather evil. Uh, it's about this guy that's very compulsive following – Uh, somebody, uh, uh, like you said, a stalker. Uh, but people play this at their wedding and, uh, it, it was written, Sting wrote it after separating from his, his first wife. And if you, if you listen to the lyrics and how this person is, I'm going to watch you, you know, every breath you take, every move you make every, you know, it is very, very creepy. So let's listen to the creepiness of sting the beautiful creepiness (laughs) every breath
1: you take rated r
0: please pause the device player now to review the audio file link in the show notes if you're into that kind of thing we now return to jim and george
1: all right we're back from the big huge hit every breath you take
2: yeah
0: yep still works i you know i
2: heard though uh for the what might have been segment of the show that sting brought in a, a hammond organ and uh the band the other two members actually talked to him, and Hugh Padgham I guess the producer talked him out of using it um, and they went with that uh arpeggio that, that Andy that Summers here, guitar lick which, which that is yeah, the song that is the song yeah, yeah. cuz you have a very basic song and
1: I don't see it being on that Hammond kind of church organ thing at least that yeah. not
2: not being the hit it was we have the little piano striking yeah towards the end which which work yeah, uh, and then you, we see but that this in is a guitar band yeah you know yeah. and for that to to be one of their that's probably their biggest outside of roxanne probably their biggest most well-known song
1: I yeah say. on now to king of pain there's a little black spot on the
2: sun today.
1: Uh, I'm not going to anymore, but uh, this was a, this was actually the a. Then I I
2: really, really liked thin
1: this thin. when I first got the album. I, I really liked the song. I, I thought there's no way this could be a single. It was uh, the fourth one. I know. I was proven wrong off of this album <laughs> uh, in the U.S. So <laughs> so, so yeah. So it's a it's a huge
0: hit, and we'll listen to it right now. King of Pain. Please pause the device player now to review the audio file link in the show notes. Welcome back. Here's Jim and George once again.
1: There's King of Pain as yeah. we listen to Synchronicity today. I always love that solo when he comes back in. It's just you know, it's so simple, but Andy yeah. Summers the way he plays is just kind of mimicking the, the the melody of the song. But it just sounds so good. I don't. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's it's great. Uh, Trudy uh, Styler, who eventually became Sting's second Mrs. wife, Sting, yeah, uh, actually came up with the King of Pain. Really. Uh, so the deal was th- this is the story they tell at least. They were reading uh, a paper, and there in the paper, it uh, astronomers had seen a spot on the sun, and uh, Sting said, uh, "Yeah, that's my soul up there," and she laughed at him and said, uh, f- listen to the king of pain."
1: Oh wow! So and, it all came together, and
2: huh? he, she doesn't get a writing credit, you know, which should have. I, I would say all the cycle babble stuff on this album. These lyrics, th- that is my favorite set of lyrics uh, from all, all the descriptions uh, of pain and things. I, I really think that that's first rate. And uh, do you know the James Bond connection to all of this? To King of Pain? To this whole album. No. This was written at the GoldenEye Estate uh, in Jamaica. Oh, so, wow. uh, Ian, Ian Fleming, Fleming's yeah. house where yeah. he wrote many of the James Bond novels. Uh, so Sting actually wrote this song, the lyrics, on the desk that uh very made, nice. I, I don't know if Goldeneye was written there. Uh but, but the, a lot of the novels. But a lot of the novels yep, yeah. at Ian Fleming's place.
1: Yep. So very nice. And um and chitty chitty bang bang spe- probably. <laughs> Speaking of lyrics, this next song wrapped around my finger. Wrapped uh, around your finger. Wrapped around your finger. Um uh, uh Meph Meth, is, is not my name. I mean it's what, not your name. But but then again, what other what other pop song, and I'll give you a few minutes, mentions Mephistopheles. I have
2: no idea. I'm going to try. <laughs> it,
1: no, I, there is none. That's oh, a, that's, okay. a, that's the, that's the oh. point. <laughs>
2: so, this is another one of those songs. I remember when I first heard it um, and my 16-year-old self is screaming at the radio because the DJ says uh, after they play the song, female DJ on 101 says uh so you can probably figure out who it was uh she says oh those guys they can really write a love song and i'm like did you not hear the lyrics that's <laughs> when i realize nobody listens to lyrics jim oh wow because the song if it's anything it's the sorcerer's apprentice so mephistopheles is from faust okay that's the name of the devil yes in, in yes, faust. yes the devil yes. the guy sells his soul to the devil Mm-hmm because he says, devil in the deep blue sea behind me. Right, right. This is not a love song. I, I will turn your face to alabaster. I, I'll cast a spell on you, but that is not a love song. I will. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so anyway, great song. Uh, you remember the video to this, though? Yeah, all the, can- all the candles in slow motion. So, but he sings in real time. And they just, they. Yeah. Again, another godly and cream uh, video. Yeah. So they had sped this up to where the music, the Whoa. vocal was like chipmunk yeah. sound, Yeah, filmed it, and then slow it down. So the drum beats and the singing and everything you see on the video, it, Matches it syncs up, yeah. up yeah. But, every, but it's all in slow motion. It gives this real weird kind of uh, uh, quality to it, which is really neat. Here we go. But, uh,
1: wrapped around your finger. Or my finger. Which one is? It? Or
2: Mephistopheles. Okay, finger. yeah, there we go. Everybody's finger gets a ring.
0: <laughs> it's time once again to pause in order to check out the music. Here's Jim and George once again.
1: There we go. The police wrapped around your finger as where you listen to synchronicity. And we're up to
2: I played I played that song for a jewelry store opening one time. I don't, the, oh wow. I don't think they knew the lyrics either. Yeah. But <laughs> they oh, it's so nice you're talking about rings. Yeah. Um
1: and now we're up to what I consider the last song of the album because I bought the LP version, uh, but we are going to play the cassette version today. Mm, yes.
2: So, um, Tea in the Sahara with you. Yeah. Nice change of place, pace or place, because uh, it is in the Sahara. Sting is going to play the oboe.
1: Isn't this like a D.H. Lawrence type thing? From what I remember,
2: I thought that was kind of the uh, it's uh, the talking about the novels. Paul Bowles.
1: Well, I thought no, I, I thought there was a literary connection to this song.
2: The tea Paul, in the Sahara. So Paul Bowles, okay, wrote uh, the Sheltering Sky. If that's okay, what you're that's yeah. About. I'm sorry, i was confused. So it's a, uh, it's like one of the hundred best English language novels. So he's uh, he's kind of uh, homage to that that novel in this song. Well, actually, there's there's uh, I don't chapter four or five or something. Uh, there's the character Port. In the in the story, uh, is told this tragic story of three dancers who want to have tea in the in the desert, but they end up dead from the heat and their cups filled with sand. That that's where we'll hear in a moment the line: "My sisters and I have one wish before we die." There, uh, Deborah Winger was in a movie in the '90s, Sheltering Scott, yeah, um, with um, John Malkovich, uh, Malkovich and Campbell Scott. Yeah, has the affair with spoiler has an affair with Campbell Scott, and of course. Uh, John Malkovich dies, not because of the affair. But Did he have Tea in the Sahara? Uh, well, it's based on the novel. <laughs> so Let's just go to the song. Yeah, I think that's Tea best. in the Sahara. With you.
0: Please press pause now. Welcome back. Here's more from Jim and George.
1: All right. Now that, if you had the LP back in the day
2: you were done that was the end of the if album if you were a loser that didn't buy the tape the so, cassette tape but i did go i remember so I, thought, the, I will tell you i actually looked at, at the the record store uh, right next to wackers uh or it was wackers uh in humble and hey there's an extra song on here and that's why i made the choice to get to the, buy the cassette the, 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 the cassette yeah. well
1: the thing the funny thing too is uh with Murder by Numbers. I remember wanting to hear it, so actually there's a jukebox at the Pizza Hut in Humble uh, that had the Every Breath You Take single, and what was the B-side? Murder by Numbers. So Murder by Numbers was a hit a bunch of times when we went to the Pizza Hut jukebox, and <laughs> I got a chance to hear the song. I didn't own it like George. I wasn't one of the rich kids who could come up with Buy that, a cassette. that cassette money, but... <laughs> uh yeah, so "Murder by Numbers" is a uh, is a really good song, and I you know I'm glad they actually included it on the CD release and all the releases. Yeah, afterwards.
2: CDs. You don't have the limitations that you and the streaming too. To be, yeah. all the streaming times when you can actually get the album it's included yeah. there too. So that, this song was actually recorded, written, and and recorded in a couple of minutes. So according to Stuart Copeland, uh, they're living in this house that they've converted into a a studio in the Caribbean, and. Um, they're having dinner and andy summers just kind of starts playing these jazzy chords that we're about to hear and sting was like oh hang hang on and like most songwriters he had a stash of lyrics that didn't have a home yet yeah and uh so he pulls those out and they write and work on the song while copeland is eating de- dessert almost said desert <laughs> uh talking about the other song the last song yeah uh but they had the song completed. They record it. Because everything's already set up in the house to record. And they play it live. They do it in one take. What we're going to hear is one take. And you can compare. Nothing against the other songs on this album. But there is a freshness to this track. Because you're actually hearing it be birthed as it's being recorded. So it's really kind of a protest song against war. Uh, you don't realize it until about the third verse verse, because it's talking about evil politicians and stuff. But uh, nice, nice little song. Here we go.
0: Murder by Numbers. This should be the last time that you have to pause this. I promise. And now, here are some final thoughts from Jim and George regarding this episode's selection. There
1: it is. Murder by Numbers finishing off Synchronicity by the Police. Our yep. album today on Crispy Coder Robots. Listen to any final notes there, George. Yeah, that's the last recorded song
2: that we'll hear from the trio.
1: Well, they redid uh, "Every Breath You Take" for the Greatest Hits album a
2: couple of years later. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, they they did, but uh, I, I like the the feel of that though. At the end, uh, knowing what we know now, uh, and that they they would not be touring after this tour, and you know, for a few decades or whatever. Because at the end you hear the clapping and the, you know, the jovial spirit of it and everything. Because this was a group that was well known, like the uh, Oasis brothers, just yeah. always, always physically fighting yeah. and very combustible and everything. So to hear a happy moment, you know, is kind of cool for me. I like yeah. it,
1: and a really good album too. As far as like, they're all pretty much good. I don't think I could really name a bad police album that i you know i love them all the from the beginning album to the uh to this one uh another notables definitely ghost the machine is high uh, up there for me as in sinyana mandata too also very very good all of
2: it yeah Yeah. landis the more uh the you know they only made five albums this is the fifth of of the five and um it, it is remarkable that so many hits off of this album and previous ones and the journey that they took, uh, musically. So, um, uh, this go. album here, uh, nominated for five Grammy awards, including album of the year, Won three of those, uh, number 17 on rolling stone's list of 100 best albums of the 80s and i think it definitely earned its spot uh, with that so. oh
1: yeah so uh we do this a lot we review albums if you want to find out the other albums we reviewed go to crispycoatedrobots.com we also have a podcast show that release every single tuesday so make sure you uh wherever you listen to podcasts go ahead and find us it, no one else has this name we, we trademarked it. We bought, spent <laughs> a bunch of money, said, hey, we want to, we be, to, kill a guy. We want to be the only crispy-coated there was robots. a guy that was
2: flirting with the name of crispy-coated robots for a thing he was doing. He was building a <laughs> robot army. We killed him. So shh. Uh, crispy-coated robots. He himself, only to find out he himself was a robot. So it wasn't really manslaughter. All right. So just when you're looking for podcasts,
1: crispy-coated robots, that's with Cs. There's no Ks there. Crispy-coated robots ccr think uh created cr- clearwater revival crispy coated robots that they, they, they could get across all right crispycoatedrobots.com fogerty <laughs> is our website so uh go check it out there
2: until then until you check that out and kill a guy that's really a robot yes. <laughs> be kind be well and find a way to invest yourself into others bye everybody Every breath you take, we'll be watching
0: you. Will we? This program has been a meaningless amalgamation of crispy coated robots under the direction of Circus Joe Productions. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Copies of this broadcast transcript are not available because you should have been paying more attention to the show while it was playing. You only have yourself to blame for that. Email Jim and George at crispycoatedrobots at gmail.com to inform them of what they got wrong and all the parts that you liked in the event that such a thing like that occurred. And finally, be sure to check out Crispy Coated Robots on their free weekly podcast available every Tuesday at crispycoatedrobots.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. The future is counting on it.